Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. With the Internet's best converting checkout, 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms, Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers. In fact, Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash podcast free. All lowercase, shopify.com slash podcast free, shopify.com slash podcast free. Hey friends, and welcome to the Happy Hour with Jamie Ivey podcast. I'm your host, Jamie, and I'm so glad you're here. Each week on this show, I invite a girlfriend to join me and we chat about the big things in life, the little things in life, and everything in between. You guys, did you know that your skin can absorb up to 60% of what you put on it? So what goes on your skin can be as important as what goes in your body. I was just telling my kids about this the other day. So this is really, really important for us to know. Juice Beauty is a skincare and makeup line that is made with certified organic ingredients with a promise to always formulate without potentially harmful ingredients. Guys, go to juicebeauty.com slash happy hour for exclusive savings on your first order when you use the code happy hour 20 at checkout. Hey friends, you are listening to episode number 186 and my guest is Carrie Rosema. Carrie is a new friend of mine, and she flew in from Chicago a couple weeks ago to sit and share her story with me. Her story is another example of how God is the pursuer of us, no matter what mistakes and roads that we might take. Carrie and her husband, Neil, have been married for 10 years. They have four kids together, and their story is a story that only God can put together. Carrie shares the story of her then-boyfriend, Neil, getting arrested and sentenced to jail, and how she felt God telling her to stay when everyone around her was telling her to go. You're going to love hearing her story. And my prayer for you as you listen is that you will hear all the way that she allowed her life to be led by God and not man. Also, towards the end, she speaks directly to the church and God's people about how we can help men and women that have been incarcerated that enter into our churches. You guys, I was thinking the other day that I want to sometimes tell you guys where I'm going to be speaking so that maybe you could come to the event and say hi. If you're subscribed to my newsletter, which I admit, and I'm so sorry, is not very consistent. But I always put there at the end where I'm going to be. But how about I tell you a few right now? First of all, next week, I'm in Memphis at the MLK 50 conference that is hosted by the ERLC and the Gospel Coalition. I'm going to be speaking on a panel about women and race issues over the past 50 years. Also in April, you're going to be able to find me at the Sparrow Conference. I would love for you guys to come there. I attended this last year and was on a panel and I loved everything these guys were doing. It's a fabulous conference. And if you're in Texas, you should for sure join us. And if you aren't in Texas, come on over. We'd love to have you. It takes place in the Dallas-Fort Worth area. Also in April, I'm coming to the Colorado Springs, Colorado with the Abundance Conference that is hosted by Lifeway Women. These are one-day events that are full of fun and teaching and worship. I'm the MC at all of their events this year. Lisa Harper's gonna be there with us at this one, as well as both of the girls, Rachel and Amanda from She Reads Truth. Then at the end of April, I'm coming to Omaha, Nebraska. I feel like I just need to eat a steak when I'm there. I don't know. Maybe Omaha people hate when people say that, but I'm coming to Omaha, Nebraska. I'm going to be teaching at Brookside Church, and I hope to meet lots of Happy Hour listeners. Then, you guys, Happy Hour Live, May 4th and 5th, which, oh my gracious, you want to join us at this event. These are the most fun things that we do all year long. These events are hosted at Green Acres, which is the glamping retreat center that my husband Aaron and I own with our friends, the Otts, and they are such fabulous nights. I could spend a whole episode telling you how much fun they are, but instead, go to jamieivy.com slash events for more information on the Happy Hour Live. 
And if you want more information on any of these events where I'm going to be, and really anything from today's show, go to jamieivy.com slash blog. And you're going to see everything that we talked about today that you might need to know, plus all these events in the show notes. All right, you guys, I hope I get to see you sometime in April. Here is my conversation with Carrie. Hey, Carrie, welcome to the happy hour. Hi, thank you for having me. It's such an honor. This is fun for you because you did some like big girl things today. Yes. It's been a huge adventure today, way off the charts for me. Which we just met and I'm aud- I'm already like proud of you. Oh, thank you. <laughs> so you flew in today from Chicago. Yes, yes. Got up. No, not only that, but I got all four of my boys who are nine and younger in the car, got me to the airport by like, you know, 730 in the morning. Already, that's a feat. That, you have accomplished the world right now. Yes, I have. I have. And then you got on a plane, you flew to Austin, Texas. Yes. And rented a car, which I've never done before. I'm 41 years old, but I've never rented a car before. Well, I haven't rented a car. I mean, I have a handful of times, Uh but usually if I'm with my husband, he does that. Right. And then if I'm traveling by myself, I was telling you, I just use Uber a lot. Yeah. Um, So you have come a long way to get here in these chairs today. Yes, ma'am. I have. I'm super honored to be here. So thank you. I'm so glad that you're here. And you are one of those people who your story was sent in by a friend. Yes. And um, Cece. Cece. Yeah. Let's give the shout out to Cece. Shout out to Cece. Mm -hmm. (laughs) She's a happy hour listener. She is. And she sent it in and your story. I just went, um, I think I'm going to need to hear more about this. Oh yeah. Thank you. And so you said you would come and sit down with us. Yes. I know. It was really a surprise. She told me after the fact, actually, after I heard would you have you. said yes? Um, yes, okay. I would have said yes. Okay, Because it's kind of an agreement we made with the Lord that if we ever have an opportunity to share a story, even if it's not easy, we're going to make every effort to do it. Good for you. He's done a lot for us. That's a hard agreement. It is. Yeah. It's a really hard agreement. Okay. So before we get into your story, just tell us where you live, your kids, all those kind of things. Okay. Uh, well, I guess I technically live in Platteville which is a very small little town outside of Chicago. And I have, I'm a stay-at-home mom. I'm a homeschooling mom. So that's pretty much what I do. And my oldest is nine. I have a nine, six, three, and one. Gracious. All boys. So you're homeschooling two two of them? Yes. Three, I mean the preschool. Yeah. 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 Kind of. So do they get a day off school today or what's happening? Well, they're with dad. Okay. Yeah. Dad took him to the zoo. Oh, that's a great homeschool day. (laughs) I mean, you know, it's like a field trip. They just took it. It was so sweet. I got a picture of them. They just went to the dolphin show and I guess my son was in the show. So I'm looking forward to hearing about that. That's awesome. Yeah. That's awesome. Dad has the kids. Love it so much. (laughs) Um, Okay. So flew in from Chicago. Mm -hmm. Um, Let's just jump in to your story, because like you said, I really think it's courageous of you to say, okay, I have this agreement, God, if you can use it, let's do it. And you told me before we started that you usually do interviews or things with your husband. Yeah. So is this the first time you've told parts of your story alone? It's not the first time, but it's one of the first. Usually he's with me or he's in close proximity. Yeah. 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 (laughs) I'm in Texas. (laughs) Yes. Yes. Okay. So one of the things that kind of drew drew me to your story Mm -hmm. is, um, I don't know if you know this. Well, you said you read my book, so you do know this. And the listeners of the happy hour know this is that one of my favorite things I get to do is volunteer in my local jail. Yeah. And so it's been, it's, it's, it's been transformative to me as a person, as a Christ follower, as a listener, as a woman, as, I mean, I could just go on and on about how much 
that, you know, two hours every week and those ladies and their stories have changed me as a person. Um, and so it's this place in my heart that I never knew I had that would be such a great place for me to serve. And so when I saw your story and I saw that your husband actually spent four and a half years in prison, actually, yes. When I knew him, he was four and a half years in prison, but he had also spent five years prior to that. So he's cumulative. Nine and a half, almost 10 years in prison. 10 years in prison. Okay. Okay. So my eyes just went, okay, this is something I want to hear about. So take me back to the very beginning of your story. Where does this whole story of yours begin? Um, I guess I would start where when we met, I met Neil when I was waitressing at the Olive Garden and, uh, he was actually a bartender down the street. I had just moved here. Um, I had been living in Oregon. I had just moved in with my mom. I was 25 years old and I was trying to get my feet on the, on the ground because I had been in a really rough marriage for the past three years. And, um, the Lord had literally just rescued me. He was, really involved in drugs. And I mean, it was bad from like the get go. Mm -hmm. And, um, because I didn't really know the Lord, I was definitely seeking him. I was, I had read the Bible, but I wasn't in church. So he was kind of wooing me. The Lord was, but I wasn't walking it, you know? So I had been living with this guy. And so I had, I knew enough to feel guilty about that, Mm Yeah, (laughs) but not enough to, um, to, to handle it well. Yeah. You know? So I got married and like I said, it just immediately went bad. He was diagnosed bipolar and he was kind of self-medicating with cocaine and crystal meth. And so pretty much anything that people do that's Mm -hmm. bad on drugs is what was happening. You were experiencing it, right? Yeah. So I stayed for a long time just because I felt like, okay, you know, I had started to go to church a little bit. I'm like, okay, I don't think God wants me to get divorced. I'm just going to, you know, and you do what you do when you're in those situations. You try to make them right, what have you. Nothing I did worked. Mm-hmm. And I finally, I finally went to an Al-Anon meeting and saw that I was textbook, that I was codependent, that mm-hmm. I was doing all kinds of things that was actually making the situation worse. So I just really got on my knees and I just started reading the Bible and I started journaling these crazy journal entries like, Lord, what do you want me to do? Mm. You know, there's so-and-so says this, so-and-so says this, and I know you say this and what, you know, and it was, it was confusing. Did you grow up with a faith background at all? Not, I mean, a little, I had a praying grandma. Okay. So but not, not in your those. immediate family that you grew up with. You y'all weren't y'all didn't go to church. You weren't introduced well, to faith. I had a single mom, mm-hmm. so we would go to church kind of intermittently. Right, but it was really hard for her because mm-hmm. she just she kind of felt like yeah, you know, she had a scarlet letter mm-hmm. a little bit being a single mom, yeah. and she was going through a lot at that time in her life. So no, I wouldn't say I had a real foundation. Mm -hmm. So all of a sudden you are reading your Bible and you are just asking God for help. And I'm telling you, I could feel the power in just reading the Bible. Isn't that crazy? Yeah. It would just wash over me like Mm. a piece that when I put it down, it would leave, Mm -hmm. you know? And then when I would go back to it, it'd come back. So it just like, when I say the Lord was wooing me, that's exactly what it was. It was just like I a- love how you're ex- explaining that because Holly Hayes was a guest on the show just a couple of weeks ago, and she talks about the exact same thing. Aww. Is that she literally met God by just reading His yeah. Word before she even stepped into a church? Yeah, 
That's and exactly it is, what it is truth that God's word is active and it's living and yes. it pierces our hearts. And yes, I love it. Okay. Can and I, I needed, I needed church eventually. I needed that teaching because mm-hmm. I didn't, I didn't understand a lot yeah. what I was reading, mm-hmm. but certainly it was weird that I read the whole Bible. And at the end of it, I was like, I think I'm a Christian. Wow. I really do. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> um, so uh, in the midst of all that journaling, the Lord spoke to me and said, and I heard it like deep in my heart. He just said, I've given my commandment to save you. I'm dividing you to serve a greater purpose. And so I felt like the Lord was going to rescue me, you know, because I don't know if anybody's ever been in that situation. Your your self-esteem is like nothing in the gutter. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And you don't really have strength in, a, in and of yourself to do anything. People are always like, well, why doesn't she just leave? Mm-hmm. Well, you just, I, I guess you don't feel like you're worth more. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Like there's anything else out there that would be worth it for you. Right. Your yeah. strength is just nil mm-hmm. is the best way yeah. to describe it. But I remember asking the Lord, and this was a few weeks later, I remember my dad had called me and said, you know what, Carrie, this isn't ever going to get better. And um, it was like when he said it, the Holy Spirit just spoke to me and I was like, it's time to go. Mm-hmm. Now, at this point, he had gotten kind of crazy. He he had guns. He mm-hmm. was threatening to kill Your himself. Life was at stake. Yeah. And, yeah. So I couldn't just leave. But the Lord, to make a long story short, he came home from lunch. Um, I was like, I don't, I, Lord, I don't know how I'm going to leave. He comes home from lunch. He gets a call five minutes later and his buddy says, hey, we're partying on the coast all weekend. If you want to go, he packs up his stuff. He's gone for the whole weekend. And I was able to pack up my stuff wow. and get out. Safely. Safely. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so, and it took me three days to drive home, but I drove home. So that was the context. So you show back up at your mom's house yes. and this is where you have just been. Yeah. Okay. And I mean, I was in love with Jesus mm-hmm. right then because he had been like a white knight to mm-hmm. me and literally just rescued me. And so now I was trying to kind of become part of the church. Mm-hmm. And this is where I felt like I related to your story where can be very hard when you, you feel like you have all these labels Mm -hmm. and I was getting divorced. He had moved in with another girl. So he wasn't trying to get into rehab or Mm -hmm. anything or fix things. So I had felt the release, like I felt the Lord release me from this, but it was hard to explain. And it's like, where do you, where do you put me? Yeah. You know, where do I minister? Mm -hmm. Where do I serve? Or Showing up at a small group, you know, yeah. I talk about intimidating, right? You hey, know let I mean? me tell you where I've just been. Yeah, yeah. you know, yeah. let me tell you my story. Mm-hmm. You know, and so I was waitressing, and you're you're feeling like you've got one foot in church, and you're trying, and then you've got one foot in the world, mm-hmm. and the world is more familiar to you. Yep, you know what I mean. Mm-hmm. And you almost feel more. Welcome. Yeah. I remember. And you said you just read my book. And so this will be, yeah. you know, you just did. I remember feeling that way yeah. when I started following Jesus. And I always say that following Jesus for me at first was super hard yeah. because um, I didn't, I didn't feel like I fit in, yes. you know? And so for me, I, I understand what you're saying. And also I always felt, even though I knew what I was doing was wrong. Yeah. I, I didn't know how to change almost. Right. And I know, Jesus changed my life drastically, but there were some areas of my life that I was just like, I don't know how to be different than this. You know, specifically for me, I, you know, when I started dating my husband, he was the first guy I ever dated yeah. after I started following Jesus. And it was a struggle for me. Yeah. Cause I was like, wait, he doesn't want to sleep with me, or I hope he did want to, but we, we're, he's not <laughs> acting like he wants to sleep with right. me. Does he love me? Because I don't yeah. know what that feels like. I and know. so it was just this new thing, yeah. you know, and, um, 
You guys, in January of 2024, I made a commitment to myself. I wanted to get stronger, which meant I needed to get in the gym, which means I needed to move my body in different ways. You guys know I love to walk. Well, it's spring, and spring is the best time for us to start a new workout routine. It's our yearly collective warm-up, and Peloton is here for everyone's yearly warm-up. This is the best time to get into a good rhythm, to tap into your power, and build towards your summer you. I love my Peloton. It accommodates to my schedule with a variety of class links to choose from. I can choose a 30-minute class. I can choose a 45-minute class. If you only have five minutes, there's literally a class to get you moving your body in five minutes. Peloton has a range of class types fit for every goal and every mood. There are classes if you want to hear country music, if you want to hear uh, rock, if you want to go back to the 80s. If you can't run, take a walking class. Need some grounding? Try yoga. If you want to level up, go for their Pilates or HIIT workouts. Here's what I love is that you can move at your own pace. And that is what I'm learning that my body needs right now. It needs to move at its own pace. Peloton makes the process easier with personalized recommendations and guided programs that take all the guesswork out of working out. You guys, we think about so many things during the day. Let's take the guesswork out. Let's jump right in and let's keep our fitness journey fresh every single day. Peloton has everything you need to get you where you're going. Whether you prefer to run outdoors, row or ride at home, or strength train at the gym, Peloton has something for you. I personally love a good 45-minute hip-hop class. It gets me moving. It gets me excited. It's my favorite genre of music, just ask my kids. Get a head start on summer with Peloton at OnePeloton.com. That's OnePeloton.com. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. With the internet's best converting checkout, 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms, Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers. In fact, Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash podcast free. All lowercase, shopify.com slash podcast free, shopify.com slash podcast free. You're working at Olive Garden. You're trying. You need the church. You want the church. The world is comfortable a little bit. We'll say that in yeah, a weird way. Right. Um, and then you meet Neil. Yeah. He walks in with his mom and um, he's Mr. Stud Bartender. <clears throat> and all the girls thought he was cute. And I was like, okay, I know this is bad news. Yeah. I am not going to touch this one. But he he liked me. So he asked me out on a date. And what I had said when I left that marriage was, Lord, I am clearly dysfunctional in this area because I remember thinking um, when I got married the first time that I was making a good choice. And so now you're looking back going, that was my best. Right. (laughs) That was not a good choice. Uh You know? uh Um, So I said, Lord, I clearly am dysfunctional in this. So if you want me to be with somebody, because I don't care at this point, I would, I'll, I'll be a nun. Not that I'm Catholic, right. but you know, <laughs> whatever extreme God, yes, I will. I will sell out to you completely. But if you do want me to marry somebody, I really want you to pick him. And so I completely surrendered in that. And, uh, so when he asked me out, I was like, okay, cause I wasn't going to judge on outward appearance. I, I mean, I, I really thought the Lord was going to send me like a little nerdy type or yeah, something, you uh-huh. know, a nice guy and he would have been good. <laughs> father, you know, whatever. Right. Um, but not Neil cause he was way too good looking. Yeah. So I was like, don't worry, Lord, I got this, you know? And we went out on a date and I just let him have it. And I was like, you know what? 
I am a good girl. <laughs> I'm going to church. I'm not going to be any fun for you. You told him all of these things on your first on date. On the first date. Okay. I was like, I know you're a bartender. I know what you want. And that's not me. And I just remember him leaning back and just crossing his, you know, arms over his chest and, and looking at me. And I think he, he quoted John three sixteen, you know, cause I think he picked it up in, I don't know, Sunday school somewhere right, at some point right, in uh -huh, his childhood uh -huh. and said, um, you're exactly what I'm looking for. And I thought, okay, I'll, I was shocked. He wants a good girl. He wants a good girl. Right. Okay. So we started to date and then, um, you know, it was three or four months in. He was like, I need you to know I'm on parole. I've been to jail. And you know what? I just cried big tears for him because I, I didn't get the real story. Were you would you use the love word at this point, three or four months in? I would, I was so guarded. Yeah. Yes. Was I falling for him? Yes. No question. But I was very guarded at mm -hmm. this point. I was, but the Lord kept confirming to me, like, this is somebody I want you to spend time with. And you're with. growing in your faith. I'm growing in my faith. He's even going to church with me. Mm -hmm. I'm staying in the word. And I mean, I would literally at night be like, are you sure, Lord? Because he, did you hear what he said earlier today? Because mm -hmm. I just don't, I don't know about this. Mm -hmm. But even in that, in the first six months of our dating, I heard the Lord say to me that this man was your, my husband. But then I started noticing a lot of things started not adding up. So he tells you, I'm on parole. He says, I'm, yeah. He didn't give me the right story for while he was on parole, but. But that, did he tell you why? Yeah. And not the real, but. Not the real story. Okay. So he says I'm on parole. And you know, I'm just like thinking if someone's, if I'm dating, you know, and I'm 25, which <laughs> yeah. let me go back, you know, 15 years here, that's going to be hard for me to hear. Yeah. Was it not hard for you to hear? You know what? I must. Uh, what I remember is just this overwhelming sadness that he had been to jail. I just cried big tears. I mean, that's honestly how I felt. So I must have been in love because. <laughs> well, my question for you too, is it seems yeah. a little ironic to me that you had just come out of an abusive relationship yeah. with someone who yes. I don't have no idea if he spent any time in jail, but maybe he should have. Right. And so then now you're meeting this man who's kind of you're falling yeah. for. Yeah. It seems to me like you would have been like, oh no, I've been down this road before. All I can say to you, Jamie, is that I had completely put him on the altar and, and said, I, God, whatever, I will do whatever you tell me to do. And every time I went to the Lord and I mean, he would just bring a word to me. He spoke to me through pastors and teachers mm -hmm. and, you know, mainly through the word, yeah. you know, he would assure me that this was somebody that he wanted me to be around. So I kept going. Yeah. I kept walking in it, you know? Okay. So he tells you. By the way, I'm on parole. Yeah. And you just cried big tears. You're sad that he had been in jail. And yeah. then your relationship just continued. Yeah. But then I started to notice things like money started to go missing from my account. And uh, like he would say, hey, I'm going to Walgreens. And he'd be gone like three hours, <laughs> you know, and just and even his eyes. Sometimes I would look at his eyes and think, OK, something's not right because I'd been around addiction. Mm -hmm. I mean, in college, I had had my experiences. So mm -hmm. I knew. I knew a little bit about drug use, but yeah. I had never, not to that extent. Yeah. Anyway, so um, I remember it was like, it was the third time he had taken money from my account. He always copped to it, but I was like, I can't be with somebody that is taking money from my account. So I just, I remember I just went home. I broke up with him. I said, Lord, I can't be with somebody that's doing this. And <laughs> the Lord spoke to me. I remember sitting on my bed and I was just bawling and he says, I want you to forgive him for everything. And it's like, 
what? Mm. But he put it so deep in me. I was like, where is he? I know this sounds like dumb girl stuff, but it, it wasn't, I, I, it wasn't dumb girl mm-hmm. stuff to me. This was literally, I was hearing the Lord speak to me on this and I was obeying him. For me, I would have been too scared mm. to walk this out. Yeah. You know what I mean? So, so God says, forgive him. Yeah. So I go find him that evening. I said, listen, I don't know how we're going to get around this, but the Lord told me to forgive you for everything. So I'm going to do that. But in my mind, I'm thinking, how are you going to protect me, Lord? Because he's, I, I don't know what's going time. on. So yeah. Me, yeah. And two weeks later, he was arrested. Had you guys talked about marriage at all? Yes. Okay. Yes. So it's not like you're just forgiving a random boyfriend. No, no, This is, you guys have said, we're going to get married. We love each other. Okay. No, we, in fact, he had given me a ring. This was six, six months in. He had given me a ring. So you're committed. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And, um. So you forgive him. And then how many? Two weeks later. Two weeks later. Arrested. Yeah. Where were you when you found out that he was arrested? (sighs) I got a phone call. He called me from the police station. Uh-huh. He's like, there's been a mix up. I don't know what's going on. I'll be home shortly. And then he wasn't home that day. And the next day, meanwhile, one of the friends of his family was brave enough to call me and say, listen, I need to tell you something. Neil's a heroin addict. And she's like, you seem like a nice girl. I need to tell you this. And he's been in and out of jail. And I mean, I was like, what? Like the bottom fell out. Yeah. And especially you're like, I've been, I've done this. I've done this. I'm not I'm doing, not doing this, this again. again. Yeah. And plus he had always said, I'm the most anti-drug person you could ever meet. I mean, he swore up and down. He wasn't on drugs, but, um, in my mind, heroin was like the worst possible drug that you could use. Had your ex-husband? No. Okay. Meth. And, yeah, yeah. Right. And so I remember seeing a documentary in high school where, you know, they talked about heroin uh-huh. and it's like, nobody ever gets better. I mean, to me, it was like a death sentence. Right. You know? So when I heard heroin, I was like, okay. Okay. So Neil calls from the police station. Yeah. There's been a mix up, no biggie, Yeah. whatever. And but then he never comes home. And then you didn't hear from him because I mean, They're not giving you ample phone calls, I'm assuming, from the police station. Well, from county, eventually I get the phone call because he gets one phone call. And uh, as soon as he calls me, I had just heard from this person that told me everything. I said, lose my number. I was like, you know what? I am 100% sure I have heard wrong from the Lord. And that was what was most devastating about the whole thing. It, It wasn't just the heartbreak because I've been through heartbreak, you know. It was, it was feeling like it's not only like, could I make not make my own good decisions, I couldn't even hear from the Lord. Mm. I had just totally blown it. I thought I was doing what the Lord was telling me to do, but clearly I was not. Did you in that moment, because you, you, you know, hearing your story, you're now, God, I trust you. Did you feel as though, God, you failed, he, Neil's failed me and God, you failed me as well. I didn't, I did not feel like God had failed me. I felt like I was just like completely dysfunctional. Mm. Yeah. I just was... I was too much of a mess. Was this another moment where you felt this lowest self-esteem as in here I am again, making bad choices? Yeah. Right. Like Mm. there's, is there any hope for me? Mm. And I remember I sat with a lady at church. It was three days later and I just poured, I was bawling my eyes out and I was like, I can't believe I really thought the Lord told me he was my husband. I thought all these things. She said, well, maybe he wants you to pray and intercede for him. And it was like, when she said that, the Holy Spirit went off like a bomb in my heart. And she gave me these book of like prayers to pray. 
And I took him home and I started to pray these prayers. And this is after you said, lose my number. Lose my number. Okay. Yeah. So now you're praying for him. Now I start, I mean, throw down prayers for him. It, they were playing no games. It was like the Lord filled me up with faith, mm. you know, like this is what I'm supposed to do. And I saw him, it was five days later. Um, I went to go visit him and I said, Neil, I was like, we're not engaged anymore. I said, but if you want me to pray and intercede for you, I believe that's what God is calling me to do. And he had already had this amazing like conversion experience on the other side in county jail where he lit he'll he would explain it as it felt like Jesus was just walking around him in his jail cell. He was And previous to this, he was not walking with the Lord. No. He, he went was to kind church of pretending with me a for you. Times. Yeah. Yeah. So and something he, happened. When I told him lose my number. He went back to his cell and he felt like he had nobody. And he said, Lord, if you will take care of me through this, then I will serve you for the rest of my life. And he said, he just like, it was like he passed out. It was like the Lord was all around him. And he just had a real conversion experience. He saw Jesus on the cross. I mean, it was, it was yeah. intense. So he had just had that experience. I, and then I came back and said, I feel like God's calling me to pray and intercede for you. And yes. he said, yes, please. He said, yes. Yeah. So and how was he when you said, listen, we're not engaged anymore? He was okay. I think he would have, I, he understood. He knew that it, yeah. this was costing him a lot. Yeah. But it was a couple months later when I was doing my Bible study and I'm looking out the window and the Lord said, put your ring back on. And I went back. I, w I ran back, put my ring on. And then I felt the weight of it because I knew by putting my ring on, it's like saying, I trust you, Lord, that this is all going to be okay. Now it shows everybody what I'm doing. And, you know, nobody's going to think this is a good idea. Yeah. I mean, it doesn't, for me listening to the outside yeah. in, this does not sound like a good idea, no, Carrie. Nobody. This sounds like, Carrie, come on. He's well, lied to you. He's a heroin addict. He's yes. been arrested before and now he's in jail again. Why aren't you running? And I'm sitting here going, no, this is a God thing. This is what the Lord told me to do, you know? Mm -hmm. And everybody's looking at me like I'm straight crazy. Did you have anyone look at you like you weren't crazy? Um, uh, <laughs> no, maybe the, maybe the woman that said, told you to pray, pray and intercede. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You know, and there was occasionally, you know, maybe a friend that would, it was a very lonely walk. I can imagine. It was a very lonely walk. And then he got sentenced to 10 years, which, you know, you do half your time and six months off for good behavior. So mm -hmm. it was four and a half years that he would be away. So were you at the sentencing? I was. Yeah. yeah. How long was that after he was arrested? It was like 10 months or okay. so after yeah. he was arrested. So during those 10 months, you're praying for him. He's a different person. Can you see that he's a different person? He's, I can tell he's trying and, but really <laughs> I got to tell you, it wasn't anything he was doing. Mm. It was really what was going on in my private time with the Lord. And whenever I would get scared or whenever I was unsure, the Lord would just speak to me. It was like, I felt like I had to keep my ear to his chest, like mm. constantly to do it because I was way, way, way too afraid. And that's what it came. And that's what I tell even girls in that situation. It's like, this was not a, oh, I can't do better. Or I can't, you know, there's nobody else out there for me. Or it, it wasn't, it was, it was literally following what I believed God was telling me to do, mm. you know. 
All right, guys, I know you're loving this show, and Carrie's story is so wonderful. But first, I want to thank our sponsors who make the happy hour possible. And I met a friend this past week in Mobile, Alabama, and she told me, she said, Jamie, I love so much about your show. I even love when you talk about your sponsors. So here we go. First up, I want to thank Mr. Clean. You guys, it is so beautiful in Austin, Texas right now, which means spring is here. Are you tackling spring cleaning right now? This year, you guys, you need to use Mr. Clean Magic Eraser to take on the impossible stains that your sprays and your wipes just honestly, they can't handle. I tried it on my tough messes and it blew me away. And let me tell you, we have some tough messes here at the Ivy House. We're in baseball season right now, which means when the kids come home, they are filthy. So they'll take a bath. And the bathtub just gets so dirty because we're just outside all the time now. And you know what? I used the Mr. Clean Magic Eraser on the bathtub, and it worked wonders to get rid of that nasty soap scum that builds up in your tub. It makes the bathtub look white all over again. The great part about it also is all you have to do is wet it under the tap, give it a squeeze, and it's ready to erase. And because it cleans with water alone, you don't have to worry about harsh cleaning fumes or scents. So if you're about to take on your spring cleaning or your everyday bathroom cleaning like I do, you should definitely try Mr. Clean Magic Eraser. It makes cleaning your toughest kitchen and bathroom messes fast and easy. Go to mrclean.com slash the happy hour to see more ways the Magic Eraser can help you knock out impossible messes around the house. You guys, I'd also like to thank another sponsor of today's show, and that is Third Love. You know, I had someone text me recently and they said, okay, you talk about Third Love. Do you really like them? Like she's like calling me out and I said, Actually, I love them. So here's the deal. When it comes to bra shopping, it's all about finding the right fit that is for you. And there's only one lingerie brand that offers bras in sizes AA through G, and that is Third Love. Third Love uses thousands of real women's measurements and super smoothing memory foam to create bras that fit and feel great. Sometimes we have bras that fit, but they don't feel great, or they feel great, but they don't fit. Third Love is out to create bras that fit and feel great. While most old school bra brands only carry 15 sizes, Third Love offers 60 sizes, including half cups, you guys, which no one else does. Third Love knows there's a perfect bra for everyone. So right now, they're offering my listeners, that's you, 15% off your first order. To find the bra you've been waiting for, all you have to do is answer a few simple questions from Third Love's Fit Finder quiz. Also, speaking of another girlfriend texting me about what she found out about her breast size after she took the Fit Finder quiz, we were both giggling. It's only going to take about 60 seconds. You can do it all from home. You never have to have that awkward fitting room experience with some random stranger feeling on your boobs. Guys, try a third love bra. It's so comfortable, you might forget you're wearing it. And if you don't agree, returns and exchanges are easy and free. This year, you guys, make the change that will change the way you think about bras. Go to thirdlove.com slash Jamie now to find the perfect fitting bra and get 15% off your first purchase. That's thirdlove.com slash Jamie. Thirdlove.com slash Jamie. So go get you a Mr. Clean Magic Eraser, make your house look awesome and get you a new bra, ladies. All right. Now back to my conversation with Carrie. Let's see how God was working in her own personal life, no matter what was happening with her and Neil. This is what I love so much about her story. So we know the end of the story. We know that you and Neil are married now. We know that you have four kids. We know all of that now. But do you get the sense of this was because I like how you said it was so personal for you. It wasn't about him. It was about you. Yeah. Had had this not turned out the way it had, had Neil not come to Jesus, had none of this happened, it feels to me as though what you're saying is this was something that was so intimate between me and Jesus. That's exactly That no right. matter, I, you didn't know the outcome. And had the outcome not happened like this, it still would have been what he was asking you to do. Yeah. I, I really felt like my my ability to make decisions just wasn't very good. I was, you know, for, for, for whatever reason, 
um, I needed the Lord to show me what to do. And I would follow him to the wall, you know, and even if it meant everybody thought I was crazy. And I mean, that's not to say there weren't a lot of tears Mm because it was really hard, you know, but it was either do what I felt like the Lord was telling me to do or go my own way. And to me, it was like, well, what option do I have? You know, I had people sit me down in church and say, listen, you know, we feel like you're making a huge mistake. And, um, you know, and they give me 18 really good reasons to not do what I was doing. Mm -hmm. And then all I could say to them was, I I hear what you're saying, Mm -hmm. but this is what the Lord is telling me to do. Yeah. So what choice do I have? Yeah. You know, Mm -hmm. as soon as I start listening to everybody else, I got nothing. Yeah. And that's what it felt like, you know? Mm -hmm. Okay. So you're there at the sentencing supporting him as with your ring on. Yeah. And he knows all this. He does. He didn't think I was going to stay after he got that, that, that 10 year sentence. He thought I was gone. So you're at the sentencing, which I've never been to a sentencing, but I can imagine it can be a little of a, of a blow. I mean, you know, that's going to be a sentencing, but still to hear the words, I can imagine it's really hard. He gets sentenced 10 years. Do you guys get to talk at the sentencing or? He wouldn't even look at me. Yeah, no. And they took him away in handcuffs. So this was also, this was like for a theft of a gym locker. So nobody was really expecting 10 years, Mm. but because it's a third offense, Mm -hmm. you know, they, it's um, class X sentencing. So it's six to 30. Yeah. So nobody, I wasn't expecting that. So he just, I remember he wouldn't even look at me. He just kept his head down. And the guards took him away. So then you go back and now you're like, okay, I'm engaged to this man. I'm praying for him. I'm interceding for him. And he has a 10-year sentence, which you know he's not going to spend the whole time. You're not going to do the whole time. But you are looking at it at least four years. And yeah. You said and was- these were like prime years. I mean, I was 26 then. Uh-huh. He wasn't going to be home till 31. I'm like, okay, what if he comes home and he's, he decides he wants to do heroin again? You know, I mean, that happens more often than it does For sure, 100%. You know? Yeah. And so I'm like... How, how can I, you know, it was a very, um, kind of a scary thing to look at, you know, if I ever was going to have a, another life, it would have been then. But again, it just went back to, I know what God is telling me to do. So, so what happened in those four and a half years? So he moved around from different, you're always trying to better your situation. He started out in a medium max. And I mean, this was five weeks after he got sentenced and he just was skinny. <laughs> he just looked like he hadn't slept. It was terrible. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, he worked in there. He was able to improve his situation, get to, a, a you know, a better security and, you know, easier to move. So he's not, you know, in a cell all the time. I would drive two or three times a month to go wherever he was. Sometimes he was two hours away. Sometimes he was five hours away. And um, I think I sent him every Christian book known to me. <laughs> right. Uh-huh. I remember one of them was how to be like Jesus in 30 days. Oh yeah. That's what we all need. <laughs> like, is it working? Right. Day 29. How are you? <laughs> Almost there. So, but, um, you know, the Lord, it's really easy to say, okay, the Lord was fixing him, but the Lord was also really fixing me. Mm-hmm. Cause I clearly was a pretty broken girl Yeah, and I needed a lot of healing and we needed all that time to get to know each other, to talk about, you know, what's important to us, for God to, to Jesus to come into our relationship and heal 
these areas that were just desperately. So individually broken. over four and a half years, God is doing miracles in both of your lives. For both of us. Yeah. 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 When did things look like, okay, I think this man's different because you guys got married 10 days after he came 10 home. 10 days after he came home. Yeah. So, I mean, to me, that says that something happened in those four and a half years where you said, yeah. I am going to marry this man. He's changed. I don't think he's going to do heroin when he gets out. Yeah. What happened? I have to, it must have been gradual because I can't think of one moment. I just, it was just this building over time of trust and, you know, and I would just want to make a, like, a little caveat because again, I know I saw girls there that were visiting guys that did not have good intentions, mm. you know? So I always say, I am not the poster child for dating somebody in prison because I saw girls get hurt. Mm -hmm. And I saw, you know, even one, um, got robbed and left, mm. you know? So what, what I really hope that my testimony is, is to following the Lord, trusting the Lord, obeying the Lord, no matter what it, what it Which is what like. I'm hearing because you've yeah. said 17 times that how much God was moving in your life. Yes. And I love it because you're saying, hey, it wasn't just about God fixing Neil. Yeah. But I had to be healed. Yes. If, you know, that's what you're saying. And I and I love that because it is God pursuing both of you. Both of us. Just yeah. diligently. Right. Um, and then, okay, so then let's go here. You find out he's going to be released. Yeah. How soon do you know? when someone's going to be released? Well, we knew when his out date was. Oh, okay. The yeah. whole time? Yeah, we did. But let me tell you that last year before he came home, holy cow, the enemy threw everything he had at us. It, I, have not, I felt so much pressure from the world to leave and to walk away and to stop stop seeing him. Everybody kind of freaked out. Because now we're a, a year, yeah. he's coming home. Everybody kind of thought, okay, that's a long time. Uh -huh. she'll, she'll get over, she'll it. Get over it. Yeah, yeah. She'll meet somebody else. Uh -huh. And now it's like, oh, okay. This is happening. Yeah. No, she's actually going to marry this dude, you know? And um, so it was hard. And I mean, we crossed the finish line and I literally feel like I just passed out over yeah. the finish line. I'm like, we made it. Yeah. You know, and nobody was going to marry us, but he had literally stopped talking to his family, all his friends. He had no connections with the outside world because there was so much dysfunction mm -hmm. and uh, he had to sever it. Mm -hmm. I was the only person in his life, you know, yeah. that was Jesus to mm -hmm. him. And so... And I knew he was my husband. So I was like, you know, I am his home. Mm -hmm. So, so he gets out, you pick him up. Yeah. I pick him up. Is it true that you come out with like a bag? I don't remember. I mean, you know, you see it on TV and I know the girls at the jail talked about how they have their, what they came in with. Yeah. I think um, we had to pick it up later. Cause because he was, of, of, if he has a lot of property, mm -hmm. then you'd have to get, yeah. I want to say he had to mail some stuff home. I don't really remember cause it was a while ago. He didn't have much. Yeah. Maybe a change of clothes. Uh -huh. I know. Usually the girls will like leave it. I mean, they'll get the clothes they came in with, which for some of them, they don't fit anymore because they either yeah. gained weight or lost weight. Right. Um, yeah. But anyhow, you pick them up. Yeah. We are dry. It's just surreal. It I cannot even imagine. Yeah. It was surreal driving back. He was very quiet looking around. And, you know, that's something too that maybe the church can be aware when guys are coming out of jail, it's a very traumatic thing when you've been in the institutions for years to face the outside world. I mean, there was a lot of stuff that he had to acclimate to even being in crowds, even to this day, it's hard for him mm -hmm. to be in crowds, you know, and like never sitting with your back towards a room, mm -hmm. you know, I mean, I remember sitting in Wendy's and he had to sit. So there's a lot of adjustment mm -hmm. that goes on, you know, even with, even when you, you have Jesus, you've got to 
And I had to get used to being around him mm-hmm. too. So, so 10 days later, I was floating girl. He would, it was like, you know, normally on that day you would be kind of scared. Uh-huh. I had no fear. I can't explain it except it was just the peace of God. Wow. I, we walk in there. We think we paid $10. It was super cheap. Uh-huh. Yeah. <laughs> Everybody else looked freaked out, but we weren't, uh-huh. I mean, we were smiling. In fact, even the lady taking a picture was like, I just love marrying people like you. She had no idea, you know, what we had just walked through. Yeah. But so you, you said, you know, one of your fears, and I think this is a very valid fear. And it's probably a question that people that are listening and asking is one of your fears was how do I know yeah. that you're not going to use again? And, you yeah. know, you were married to an addict before, and yeah. I know that it can be terribly difficult to be married to an addict. Yeah. What did you have that conversation? I don't think I did because he already knew. Yeah. I mean, that that was a fear of yours. I had faith in God because I did not believe that God would call me to stay with him if Neil was going to go back to heroin. And so I've never, I I never, we never did have that conversation. Mm -hmm. I never looked at him like a heroin addict. Mm. I just believed he was my father. He loved me. He's not going to marry me off to a heroin addict. Yeah. And so and Neil hasn't. I mean, yeah. it's been 10 years and he's not. So 10 it, years. It was almost like, I know that sounds weird. It's a not, it felt like it, it wasn't an issue anymore. Well, no, I mean, it's not weird when you say that, but I know people are wondering, yeah. you know, like, okay, so how do you know this isn't going to happen? And I think it can be that way with so many things when we come in. I mean, yeah. when people are coming into marriages, we bring a lot of stuff with us and a lot of baggage yeah. to the table a lot of times. And there is just this, this trust of, I trust you, you know, um, because, because I trust you and y'all have grown, you'd grown your relationship and for, it's not like you just married some random man that got out of jail. You know, we need to remember that as we're listening to your story. We're writing letters and we're spending a lot of time Mm -hmm. together. But the other thing is I, I, you know, if you've ever gone to any Al-Anon meetings or you ever, you realize you can't, you can waste a lot of time wondering if they're using. Mm. You can waste a lot of time trying to control or manipulate or think about, you know, is that really what they're doing or not? And what I had learned from my past and what I didn't want with Neil was for me to be that person, Mm -hmm. Yeah, you know, and you know what, if he is using, God's going to show me. Yeah. And you know what? He's going to deliver me. Yeah. He's always going to take care of me because he loves me too. Mm. You know what I mean? So I don't really have to be afraid. I I don't have to walk in that fear. I love it. Yeah. And if you go, if you're in a relationship like that and you're walking in it, it's just, it's like a prison. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's holding your own, your own self captive. So 10 years later, four boys. Yeah. Four boys, which boys are so fun. I have three boys and a girl and I love my daughter to death. But if God was like, would you like more children? I would say only boys. So I think that you're great. Well, you have a girl. I do have a girl. But girls are a little bit more dramatic than boys are. Boys are just so fun for their mamas. And um, so four boys, 10 years of marriage. Um, Is it better than you imagined? No, Jamie, it really, I have more now than I ever thought I would ever Mm -hmm. have. Like I, I had a single mom growing up, so I didn't allow myself to think I would be able to be a stay-at-home mom or, um, married well, Mm -hmm. or, you know, any of the things I have now, it's like the Lord has answered every quiet little Mm -hmm. desire. I haven't even asked the Lord for a lot of the things that he's given to Mm -hmm. me in my life. Yeah. And all these little men. Yeah. (laughs) Remember earlier when you said, um, you just felt as though 
you weren't, you couldn't make these decisions Yeah, and you're at the bottom. Yeah. What do you, when you look back and you think about that now and you see 10 years of marriage with your husband that yeah. you adore and your four kids, Yeah. how do you feel about yourself now? I feel like that, um, is almost an advantage when you get to the place where you realize I cannot make good decisions without him, mm -hmm. then that starts to kind of permeate into every part of your life. Mm -hmm. And so the fact, and, and I say this to, to uh, I've said this before to people that have bad backgrounds, like we do, sometimes it's, it's good because you learn that you need Jesus in every part of your life. And as long as you are putting him first and in, in every, to the, to the best of your ability, you know, you're going to see breakthrough and good mm. things happen in your life. You know, whether now, whether it, it back then it was finding a, a mate now it's parenting, you know, yeah. and I know, I don't know anything about parenting, <laughs> but Jesus is helping me. Jesus is helping me every yeah. day. And I know I have to ask him. So I almost want to say I'm more broken now than I was back then in the sense that I know I need him, mm -hmm. you know what yeah. I mean? And in him, I'm strong. Yeah. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's almost like he brought you to a really good place where your, your dependency on him is, is more. Yeah. 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 Which is really what we all need and have. We and all we, need You know, that's it. what, that's what it should be. But yes. we get to a point where like, oh, I'm pretty good at life. Yeah. I can do this exactly. on my own. Exactly. Mm -hmm. And, and especially if we had good models and God bless those good models. Yeah. And mm -hmm. I hope I'm a good model to my, to your my babies kids yeah. too, uh -huh. you know, but when you don't and you're just all out dependent on the Lord, that's kind of a good yeah. place to be too, yeah. you know? Well, I'm just, I'm super just proud and honored for you to share oh, your story thanks. here. Um, can I ask you a little bit of just like, you know, with your husband serving time um, yeah. in prison, what does that look like for the church for, to love and minister to people who are coming out of prison? Yeah. You know what? It's been super hard. It's really been hard to, um, to find our place a lot of times. And like I said, there's certain, um, things that you don't realize that they're going through that they do need help with, you know, um, a little more rolling out the red carpet. You know what I mean? A lot of times. What do you when, mean by that? When you see people coming into church that are coming out of jail or abuse or extreme, you know, prostitution, whatever it is. You know, I really feel like the church has to, to be mindful that these people need some real celebrating mm. because most of the time when they're walking in the door, they don't feel like right. they're celebrate. you know, mm -hmm. there's anything to celebrate yeah. about, but they are, they are trophies yeah. and Jesus loves them, mm -hmm. you know, and even if it means we have to overlook some things and go a little farther or take a little bit of a risk you know, as far as loving mm -hmm. on people. When I, when I say rolling out the red carpet, I mean, maybe more so mm -hmm. than your, than your average person, because a lot of times these guys walk into church and they walk right back out because they look around and say, these aren't my Nobody's people. Nobody's going to get me. Yeah. Yeah. They don't understand me. I'm, they got shame, you know, the enemy's chirping in their ear, mm -hmm. you know, and some of it's true. You know, there are people that champion you, but they keep you at arm's length. Right. You know, yeah. because they're a little, they're scared. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And for, for people to walk into a small group. Yeah. Come on. Uh -huh. I remember the first time I shared my story in a woman's group. Yeah. I was shaking. And I think they had just asked a question. How did you meet your husband? <laughs> well, let me tell you. Yeah. I mean, it's a perfect. You could just sweet. be like Olive Garden. I yeah. mean, you know, you could just leave it there. 
But inside, I'm like, oh my gosh, now I got to tell him he was a heroin addict and he was in jail. And I mean, none of them had stories like that. Right. They had wonderful, sweet, cute stories. Like we met in Sunday school yes. when we were seven. And we, we, we always know we love each <laughs> yeah. other. And, it's, and so, but it kind of like what you are saying in your book, to get it out, when mm-hmm. I got it out, I realized I wasn't, I was scared for no reason Mm. because they were very loving to me, but all that is going off in your head, you know? And imagine your husband. Yeah. You know, you're not the one who spent the time in jail, but Neil did. And so, yeah. And he can be rough around the edges. Mm -hmm. You know, he can, he's intimidating. He's the softest, he's the best man I know. Mm -hmm. And I mean that from my heart. I don't know a better man. Um, but he intimidates people, yeah. you know, and yeah. uh, so I always, I, I, I've always appreciated those people that took a step out and embraced us, even if we were kind of messy and yeah. hard, yeah, because they really did make a difference for us. So. I love that. Yeah. Do you, do you still have some of the same people in your life that you did when you were um, dating Neil? Dating Neil. No. Okay. I was just curious. You know, <laughs> yeah, everyone was like, no. Carrie, run, run, run. Oh, you know, like, yes. are there still oh. those people in your life? Do you know what it's God has a sense of humor kind of because I know they were very well intentioned. For sure. I mean, you I'm know? sitting here and, and most I'm wondering all the same things. Yeah. Say that. Well, 10 years later, the Lord brought us back to that same church I was in. Uh-huh. And for Easter last service, they put our testimony. This is a mega church. Like there's a lot of people, mm-hmm. 10,000, people. I don't yeah. know. They put our testimony out for the whole church. And it was like the Lord was that scripture. The justice of your cause will shine like the noonday sun. Uh-huh. And now it's like, oh, everything is okay. Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. like it was like the Lord, the Lord does that. Yeah. You know, he's the one that says, you honored me, you obeyed me. Right. And now the justice of your cause yeah. is going to shine. Yeah. Yeah. So. Well, I'm just, I'm so thankful for, for you sharing your story because I think a lot of times people can think, well, how, just to not see how God can work in the midst of some of these horrible things. And for you, it looks like this. And for me, it looks like this. And for someone else, it looks like this. But we're all saying the same thing is that God is in the business of redeeming broken people. He is. And And so, so good at it. He's so good at it. And it's what he does so well. And so you're saying, I'm raising my hand. I'm, I was broken and God is putting me back together and we are not always damaged goods. Mm. God is not in the in the business of damaged goods. He fully restores, you know, what the enemy tries to take. Yeah. And we are new creations. Amen. You know? So yes, yeah. preach it, girl. <laughs> preach it, girl. Um, okay, so I I'm, I'm just so thankful. Last question about this, and then I'm going to move on to something else. Um, how do you and Neil talk with your children about this? Yeah, you know, it, that's a very good question because. I, I know with Judge, he's my oldest. Judge? Judge. I love it. (laughs) Thanks. Um, uh, It took us a while. But, you know, when we were on the 700 Club. (laughs) Hello. Yeah, they show up in our house and start filming. It's like, oh, okay. Exactly. You know, so I try to tell the story as, you know, in G-rated Age appropriate. Right. Mm -hmm. You know, Um, but they know. Mm -hmm. They know that their dad, that Jesus saved them. And I'm just prayerful that. Their upbringing is so much different than Neil and I was, you know, and we really strive to put the Lord first and everything. So they know Jesus as somebody that changes people, you know, radically. Mm -hmm. And I'm praying that that gives them sensitivity to people in the future. Totally. totally. And, and, and they get a firsthand seat. 
yeah. to Jesus changes someone radically. Yeah. I mean, and they don't know you or your husband previous um, to Jesus radically changing your life, right. but they know you now and yes. they'll hear your stories and they'll be able to see what a great God that we serve yeah. that can and, do this for my mom and dad. They adore their dad. I mean, it's like, bye, mom. I go know, to right? Texas. <laughs> yeah. That's they're having my, a blast. Yes. They adore him. Aww. So I'm praying that that affection, all that affection, yeah. you know, yeah. will affect them for good later. Well, thank you for sharing your story. Oh, thank you for letting me share it. So great. Okay. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. With the internet's best converting checkout, 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms, Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers. In fact, Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash podcast free. All lowercase, shopify.com slash podcast free shopify.com slash podcast free so i always ask my guests three things are loving and what they're reading so which what are you loving these days carrie um let's see the first thing that i'm loving is we just moved to this little farmhouse Mm. out in the middle of the country we just we just got out of a lot of debt which was exciting we did the whole day thing you uh know and so we're renting but we're happier because you know we're more free Anyway, it's out in 250 people and it's just out in the middle of nowhere. And I love it. And it's like a hundred year old farmhouse. And most people, maybe most people wouldn't love it, but I think it's awesome. I love the country. Yeah, yes. It's awesome. Yes. Um, I guess dark chocolate would be in there okay. for sure. Yeah. And my husband got me these two curling irons for Christmas. Tell me about them. <laughs> I didn't know how to even work them. I had to YouTube it, you know, uh-huh. like you had to wrap the hair around. Yes. The, I'm like, where's the clip? What's you know? it called? A beach waver? uh, Yeah, maybe. I have the beach waver and I love it. Yeah. Uh, Okay. What are you reading? Um, Rick Renner. Well, I actually just read your book. Thank you very much. Which was, it was really good. And I'm really not just saying that. Thank you. And it's so important. And I have a little testimony too that I put up. It's called the least of these, Mm -hmm. but it says almost the same. It's a very similar message. It's our testimony. I love it. But I include stories of biblical figures mm-hmm. that were the big sinners yeah. and what might have been their story. Yeah. So reading your book, it was like, holy cow, this is very... Well, thank you. Yeah, and it's so good. Thank so you. So important. Thank you. Um, I'm also reading uh, Rick Renner's um, Dress to Kill. Okay. Seen that's Spiritual Warfare. Okay. Awesome. That's a good one. And uh, John Bevere's Killing Kryptonite. Okay. Uh-huh. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. Carrie, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> thank you. No, thank you. This has been an honor. Thank it's you. Great. You keep saying what you're saying. Cause it's, it's, it's even just, I mean, I was almost in tears on the plane coming here because I still need to hear that message. I still need to hear like you're worthy and it's, you know, you're not damaged goods. I still need to hear it. Even just a month or two ago, I was struggling in church. I was feeling like, I don't know. I didn't feel like I had a lot of friends feeling like I'm never going to be normal, you know? Mm-hmm. And I, I'm prayerful about, it. I'm like, Lord, do you want me to go? You know? And he told me several times he wanted me to go, just kept confirming it in his word. You know, that, that inward witness mm-hmm. is what I'm talking about. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm sitting in church and I'm worshiping and I get this picture in my head and it's Jesus. And he's sitting right next to me in church. And he's smiling at me and he looks and he's looking at me and he speaks to me and he says, Carrie, you may not feel like anybody wants you here, but I want you here. Mm -hmm. And he's like, this isn't everybody else's church. This is my church. I am the CEO, Mm -hmm. you know, and you just got the impression like Jesus is in his church and he is watching it over it. 
he is he is the boss mm-hmm. and he was sitting right next to me mm-hmm. like an honored guest yeah and that is that's when I read your book, that's when it made me realize I just started to bawl. And every time I would stop crying, I'd see it again. I saw it like four times. I'm like, okay, I get it. <laughs> you want me here. You love me and I'm supposed to be here. Mm. So I think that's so cool that you're, you know, calling that out. For well, the, good. I'm for glad. And I have to hear those messages as well. I mean, you know, they, they never, yeah. I think we'll always need to hear them until we get home because yeah. the, the Satan is always going to continue to put lies into our heads yeah. and our hearts right. um, about what is truth. That's um, the truth. So yeah. thank you. Yeah. You guys, spring is here. It's here in Austin. It feels fabulous. And that means that spring cleaning is too. This year, I tried Mr. Clean Magic Eraser and it worked like magic. It cleaned the tough stuff that my sprays and wipes just couldn't handle. Like burnt on stains on my stovetop and that stubborn ring around my bathtub that always shows up. It was so easy to use. You just wet it, squeeze it, and it's ready to erase. See what cleaning wonders it can do for your home by visiting mrclean.com slash the happy hour. Friends, I told you that you were going to love Carrie. In fact, I never bring a guest on you're not going to love. Don't you trust me by now? Guys, did you catch her saying that we need to do a little more of rolling out the red carpet for those people who are entering our churches from hard places? I was so challenged and encouraged by her words. I want to be this kind of person, and I hope that you do as well. Friends, today's show was edited by Chris with Podshaper, and the music was developed for the show by Matt Graham. Next week, my guest is Jackie Hill Perry. And friends, you are in for a treat. You've been asking for Jackie. I've been asking for Jackie. And here she is. I got to spend time with her a few weekends ago at the conference called Abundance that I told you about earlier in the show. Let me tell you, this girl loves God. She loves the church and she can preach his word. I can't wait for you to hear our show. In fact, next week when the show airs, Jackie and I are going to both be in Memphis honoring Martin Luther King Jr. on the 50th anniversary of his assassination. You guys, enjoy your week, share the show with a girlfriend, and have a happy hour with a friend. I will see you next week with my girl, Jackie Hillberry. Hillberry.